Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman here with my favorite sister, Jennifer White. Oh, I love that I'm your favorite sister. Yeah. Aww. If I wasn't the only one, I would feel a little more honored, mm. but that's okay. I mean, I'll take at it. least I didn't say you were, you're my least favorite sister. Oh, good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I will definitely take it then. Um, okay. Favorite sister. We're going to start out with a quick quiz and see how you do. Ooh. So the warning is that I'm going to ask you questions. You're going to a- try to answer them, but my answers are purely based on Google. <laughs> and so Excellent. there are multiple answers out there and you may or may not happen to. So I get uh, the if I hit the arbitrary one that you Googled, yeah. is what you're saying? Okay. That's right. All right. That's right. Okay. I feel, I feel good about this. Okay. So today's topic is um, fertility treatments are incredibly expensive. So your first question, Jen, how mm-hmm. expensive is IVF? <laughs> is it, you're talking one round of IVF? Um, I am saying if I typed into Google... <laughs> How expensive is IVF? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That, that's fair. That's a fair question. So they are generally um, described in rounds. Yes. Okay. Um, I will say $15,000. Ooh, that's good. The first hit is fifteen to 30000 The next okay. one is that the cost of a single cycle IVF t- runs around 23474 Very, very specific. Wow. Okay. 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 Next one. I, I enjoy this one. Ready? Why is IVF so expensive? And I'm asking why in a sense of what will Google tell me if I ask why? Um, okay. Well, I think Google would tell you because somebody is greedy in the industry. Uh, I mean, the answer I think is, well, I mean, right. I think that's what Google would tell you. I mean, okay, I think what do you think the actual answer like is? Super I, I, highly people with super amounts of amazing experience and technical <laughs> equipment and like, yeah. you know, uh, sterile places, perfect sterile and, environments. And, yeah. yeah. Nursing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million actual things that are part of this. So I, but I mean, that I definitely sense. hear people are like, I remember the doctors and I'm like, dude, they have to get paid and they have to pay them all practice and they have to pay for these clinics and they have all the equipment and you know, all these things. Like, no, there's a reason it's expensive. Yeah. That, okay. The answer that Google gives, at least to this link I click on is the answer to why is IVS so expensive is there are add-ons including genetic testing of the embryos and surgical procedures such as sperm extraction or laparoscopy, which can increase the cost of IVF by thousands of dollars. That's your answer. Okay. Last one. Last one of unhelpful answers. No one, no one count on these answers. How does anyone afford IVF? Ooh. Ooh. I I don't, does, did Google actually give you an answer to that one? It does. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I, I feel like we actually, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to your Google answer, but I feel like that we have to like talk to our next guest to get the actual answer. Right. Okay. Well, the Google answer is if loans or credit cards aren't an option for IVF financing, there are foundations, organizations, and some treatment centers that offer grants. Excellent. All right. But let's find out other options and people who are out there trying to find ways to help people afford fertility treatment 
Welcome, Angela Rastigar, the co-founder and CEO of Sunfish. Angela, thank you so much for joining us. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I'm always the worst with the introduction, but how do you like to introduce yourself to people in elevator, podcast listeners, to anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So our company helps make parenthood more affordable. I am, as you said, the co-founder and CEO. We started the business last year, so we're almost two years old. Um, and our mission is to support assisted reproduction with the costs, um, financial planning, and then really move beyond that to help with whole family financial health and financial literacy. I um, have spent most of my career focused on the intersection of fintech and healthcare. This is actually the third startup that I've helped to found. And I also nice. spent a brief time at a VC fund. So I got to sit on the other side of the table advising dozens of startups and founders. Um, but I'm really most happy when I'm operating and really excited to share a little bit about our story and journey. Awesome. So what, tell, if you don't mind, tell to the extent you're comfortable, like your, your story and kind of what's brought you into the assisted reproductive space. Absolutely. Um, so I am first-generation American. I was fortunate enough to be born here in the U.S. with um, a lot of reproductive rights, although that seems to ebb and flow a bit more nowadays. But both my parents immigrated from abroad. My dad's from the Middle East and my mom's from Eastern Europe. And hearing the story of my families there and the kind of struggles they had to access um, reproductive rights as women, or even things like education, um, financial resources, financial literacy, the right to own property, those were all things that were not readily available. And I remember learning about my family's history as young as 13, 14 years old, as I started high school, and really feeling passionate about wanting to bring those rights and freedoms that I experienced to women all over the world. So most of my career has been focused on reproductive rights. I studied um, women, gender, and global sexual health under the human biology department at Stanford undergrad, did my MBA there as well. And reproductive rights, economic empowerment has always been a major focus of mine because of how fortunate I felt to have access to those elements here in the U.S. So I have done work internationally. I've done work here in the U.S., and my most recent position was a director at one of the largest fertility-related companies in the U.S., um, Circle Surrogacy, where I worked with hundreds of aspiring parents, intended parents, who were trying to build their family through alternative means and got to see firsthand a lot of the struggles around that journey here in the U.S., which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little more detail. Yeah. Um, but that's really what inspired me to start Sunfish specifically. It's not the first business I founded, but I'm now really, really focused on access um, and affordability here in the U.S. Yeah. And tell us what what were you seeing and as that struggle and then what was the solution that you came up with? Yeah. So I remember... Um, meeting with multiple couples in this position where we'd go through the process of building a family through surrogacy, maybe an egg donor, and then we'd get to talking about high-level costs. And there would be 
this huge shift in the conversation. I honestly and you'd felt watch like them deflate basically. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you guys have seen it as well. Um, and the conversation would kind of shift to, okay, how am I going to get there? How many years will I have to save to even start this process? Do I have to sell my engagement ring? I've had, um, customers that I've worked with who liquidate their 401k, which is supposed to be their nest egg as they're starting to build their family, not something that you take away from. So I've had moments um, really even just crying with people who were trying to figure this out. And my team and I at the service agency actually started working together. Um, I actually really have to give them credit for a lot of the ideas that laid the seed for Sunfish in terms of thinking about alternative means to provide financing, financial literacy. Um, and so we started working on this concept together at the team at Circle. And there's a few people there who are just incredibly creative and have been in the industry for, for years that were hugely influential in the kind of initial thinking. And eventually, as we started to see the need for loans, financial resources, guarantees grow, I decided to set up Sunfish as an independent company that would be able to help um, people at you know every stage of the fertility process, not just surrogacy, but IVF, egg freezing as well. And that was the impetus for, for Sunfish. So we started the company last February. Um, I had been thinking about different ways that I wanted to help people based on this problem that I saw and felt like a broader solution that offers not just financial resources, but financial planning tools and helps people think about ways to improve their credit or really understand all the phases to this journey and what it means to plan and save and bring on a co-signer. Um, folding in a lot of the empathy that's so critical for this journey would be the best place to start. So that was the groundwork for Sunfish and we've really evolved a lot over the last year and a half that we've been working on this. Sure. And who else is part of your team? I mean, who, who did you bring together? Because it sounds like this is really multifaceted. It really is. There's a lot of components to the to the business um, that we touch on. So we have a combination of folks. I've been so lucky with the um, initial leadership team that we've brought on board. We have a couple of folks who work together in consumer lending at a buy now, pay later company who are really incredible product technical folks. And we have a couple of folks who have expertise in fertility specifically, a former um, COO of a fertility clinic, a fertility nurse, and several reproductive endocrinologist advisors who help us on the process, logistics, data and analytics, and then some really incredible operators, designers, um, and a huge suite of advisors who bring insure tech, fintech expertise, and startup early stage startup expertise to the table. So what we're building has a really big vision, and I've been so lucky to find people that have that expertise, but most importantly, they also really care about the mission. And many of us on the team have had some personal connection to fertility and infertility as well. So that care and empathy for people going through this really difficult process is something that I'm really proud, I think, shines through on everyone on the team. What does this look like for someone who might be approaching 
fertility treatment and help and kind of concerned about finances? When should they look to Sunfish? How does that process work for them? Yeah, good question. So we have a couple different ways that we can help someone. Um, the way you would find us would either be through your fertility clinic or doctor um, or even a community that you might be a part of. We have partnerships with with many different folks in the industry. Um, if you come to our website, everything's digital there. You'll see a few of the products we offer. We do offer a loan marketplace so people can access financing for their journey up to $100,000. And we offer a number of different lenders through that marketplace that will automatically help you search through and match with. The second thing we offer is a financial advocate call. And that is a real human that will sit on the phone with you and help you talk, um, help talk through all of the resources that you might have to put forward for this journey. We go through a seven prongs process where we actually examine whether or not you might have any employer benefits, other resources. Um, oftentimes talking to friends and family can help and really put together a plan so that if you do have to take out a loan, you're actually taking out the smallest amount possible. And then third, we offer- That's smart. Do you, yeah, sorry, do you find that people have benefits through employers that they didn't know about? Sometimes there might be things like, um, as you know, with surrogacy, the legal costs can really add up. Sometimes people may have a family law benefit, for example, that's not considered a fertility benefit, but they could utilize that for this process. So sure, there's things sure. like that, that we can help people kind of dig into. Um, and then the last couple of things, we do have a few other resources like a grant and discount database that people can search through. And lastly, the product I'm actually most excited about is an IVF success program, which is in collaboration only with a few select clinics right now around the country, but it's a single package with um, a money back guarantee for people going through IVF if they don't achieve pregnancy. And we can talk more about that, but that's where we're really folding in some of our machine learning and predictive analytics. Um, a lot of the fertility industry is talking about the use of AI and data. So that's where we're exploring the use of those new technologies for this product. But the whole suite of products, just to summarize, really helps people financially plan with a partner for all the stages of their journey and get all of the resources available to them that they may be able to utilize. I, I am fascinated by the concept of using AI, especially as predictive models. I mean, please do address mm -hmm. that because it is, it's <laughs> very, I mean, it's so new to so many of us in our, you know, in our consciousness, you know, we think of like, you know, AI is like chat GPT and like that you could write a poem, a silly poem or something like that. Like you don't think about using it for your fertility treatment. Yeah, it's a great point. And I think there's a lot of leaders in our industry and in the assisted reproductive industry that are really excited about a few different applications of AI. So just to kind of set the scene, fertility in the U.S. is only about 40 years old. Um, and so most doctors that have been practicing and most clinics that have been practicing are dealing with what I would say is a relatively small data set compared to some other elements of healthcare, and most of the process has actually been pretty manual, the way in which a reproductive endocrinologist decides when to trigger someone, how 
to adjust their medication or which embryo to select, that's all been pretty manual. The work that an embryologist does is also um, really just a human working with a microscope. And now we're starting to see robotics, machine learning, and eventually AI can help those practitioners make better decisions. So instead of just drawing on your own expertise from 10 years of practicing and a few thousand cycles, you can actually look at a patient's bio data and say, hey, this patient looks really similar to this set of data that might have you know, taken place at other clinics that I don't have experience in. Um, and I think I'm going to try to trigger them in this way or select this particular embryo or oocyte to move forward with. So I think the ability to work hand in hand with medical practitioners is an area that I'm really excited about and where we Sunfish are trying to utilize this data in collaboration with a few other experts in the industry right now is to actually say, using all of this historical data um, and running a unique a patient's unique biodata through our model, what are your unique chances of success? And specifically, how much is it gonna cost you to achieve a live birth? Um, because I think the biggest barrier that I hear and the biggest fear that people have as they start this journey is they've heard of people trying eight different cycles or going through um, you know, multiple surrogates to get pregnant and you end up spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with what we call in the industry, empty wallet, empty cradle, which is this heartbreaking yeah. ending where you spend all this money and don't have a guarantee that you're successful. So what we're, what one of the aspects of AI and predictive modeling that we're most excited about is could we actually tell someone, hey, we looked at your blood work, sperm mobility, motility, et cetera, um, and we and our partners have determined this is what our estimated cost is for your specific fertility journey. We can help you finance it and we can give you a guarantee that if you're not successful at the end, you'll get a refund or a partial refund. So I think wow. that and will be really groundbreaking. Yeah, I'm sure that's really exciting for some people. Are you seeing, and this may be too in the weeds, but like, are you seeing resistance from like, especially fertility practitioners? Because I know a lot of them are very like, my way, this is it. I do the same thing every single time. Like, are, are you seeing excitement? Or are you seeing resistance from most practitioners? That's a great question. Yeah, I, I can't speak for everyone. The re reproductive endocrinologists that we work with and those on our medical advisory board are incredibly excited about the use of integrating AI and technology into the work that they're doing. So I don't think I or the people I work with see this as a replacement to to the necessary expertise of humans and um, the ability for a doctor to manage kind of fine tuning the results of a model and or providing uh, an interface like to answer questions and support patients. That human element is irreplaceable, I think. But um, yeah, the doctors I work with and the community that I'm a part of all seems incredibly excited about the use of AI in fertility. So, I mean, obviously, any fertility treatment you know we talked about is really expensive. And how do you see costs 
in the as the future. And I know we have personally, I, I, we, obviously I speak from the surrogacy side, we've seen a big jump in the past two mm. to three-ish years in costs. Um, where do you see that going? Do you see that it's going to be continued or do you see that that is a, you know, just a one-time kind of inflationary bump like everybody hit recently? I mean, what is your, I mean, what, what does your crystal ball say about where things are going over the next 10, <laughs> 15, 20 years? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great question and one that I love to ask folks as well. Um, my prediction is that costs are going to come down, but let me dive into the nuance there a little bit. So you're right. Over the past few years, we have consistently seen surrogacy agencies, egg banks, IVF clinics raise their prices by anywhere from 7 to 15% a year, which is out, outpacing inflation. That's a really, really big jump. When I started just a few years ago doing surrogacy consultations, I would estimate the total package to be about 150000 now I always tell people it's more like 200 to 220 all in with medical fees. So that's a huge jump just over the course of a few years. And I do think in the near future, we are going to see prices continue to rise. Um, there's a lot more demand for these services than the available physicians in, in some pockets of the country. Um, the fixed costs for things like surrogacy fees are going up. So there's a few factors that are driving costs up right now, but the areas that I think could bring costs down are one, um, improved robotics and technology that similar to what we were talking about before that could actually help um, leverage a reproductive endocrinologist's time and a clinic to be able to do more journeys and bring the total cost down. And then two, I think generally the use of technology to offer more customized patient care um, in a scalable way. So things like automating parts of the process, getting people through the door, getting them the information they need in a way that's not so manual and based on kind of um, pen and paper transactions could really help bring costs down as well. And three, this is a little more aspirational, but there are some interesting technologies that could um, really improve outcomes. For example, um, changing the way in which we collect and mature ovocytes, eggs from women um, at an earlier point in the process. So there may be some kind of stepwise functions that can really help bring costs down as well. But I think the more incremental costs- Can you say more? I'm curious about that. Can you say more about it, that eggs would be retrieved earlier? Um, yeah, so right now, for example, um, if you do uh, in vitro fertilization, um, you're taking you're maturing eggs inside the woman's body and harvesting them um, at around day 14 when she would normally ovulate. And that requires a lot of injections and pain, as we all know, for the woman going through that process. Yeah. So there's some technologies that are looking at actually... Um, allowing folks to retrieve eggs at any point in the woman's cycle or retrieve oocytes at any point in the woman's oh. cycle and maturing them in a lab, which would prevent all of those injections. So this that is also be amazing for yeah. like cancer, people <laughs> facing cancer diagnoses and things like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I think there's some, I mean, these technologies are a ways away and, and not something that our company focuses on, but there are some interesting evolution like that. We've I've also looked at companies that are 
working on artificial wombs, which we're many years away from um, that technology being something that I think people would be willing to try. But there's things like that that could really change the way in which we think about the IVF process today. So interesting. So fascinating what the future will bring. And I imagine <laughs> even just in the last few years of you guys being in creation that you've seen significant changes. And I would guess that your process is continually evolving. Um, for us at Sunfish, you mean? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think that in addition to the medical technologies that are evolving, where we sit, you know, we're a, at our core of a financing, financial planning organization. Um, we are looking at a lot of technologies to help improve the process by which people find and connect with a player like Sunfish. Um, so really creating a seamless user experience, making the process really easy, and then helping people understand their total costs earlier so that their financial planning process can be smoother. So we are doing work on the AI side to help people figure out their exact costs. But I think one of the ways in which we can really add value to the fertility community is making the process of pre-qualifying people, planning, helping them get approved for loans, get the resources they need um, quickly and easily in a way that's really a great integration with their clinical experience is an area where I've personally seen a lot of pain for people because it's a choppy and confusing process right now and a lot of opportunity for us to just make that whole side, the financial side easier. So we, one of our taglines is we take, we help take the financial stress out of IVF because it is a stressful process emotionally, physically, um, and the area that we'd like to play a role is to reduce that financial stress component for people. So, and I know you talked about like kind of individual costs for each person. And I think when you're going through all these things, you, you see yourself as a microcosm in, in this, of course, like as we all do, right? It's very natural. Uh, and I've been to some things and I've been blown away by these numbers. And I'd love to hear you talk about like how big the assisted reproductive market, and I hate to use the, mark, the word market because, I mean, except it is, right? Um, it, how big is that market? And where do you think it's going and how big is it going to become? I, these numbers blow me away whenever I hear them. So <laughs> I'm sure that they <laughs> blow other people's minds. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great question. So a few years ago, um, the U.S. assisted reproductive market was only in the range of a few billion dollars a year. Um, in I mean, That alone already blows people's minds. Like it was a few yeah. billion dollars a year, you know? That's true. That's true. Um, in terms of like the broader health, you know, health expenses in the U.S. or elective health, though, that is a pretty small number. Um, right. I think there's a few things that can drive uh, the amount of assisted reproductive technologies that we see. So right now, in the U.S., only about 1% of babies are born through IVF. And in countries where care is more accessible, like Denmark, it's more it's closer to 10% of babies. So oh, wow. there's potentially a 10x opportunity to improve just to get to par where we're like we see the numbers at countries where these technologies are more financially accessible. And there's a few other trends that I think could drive the cost of IVF. So right now, 
we see infertility being a big driver. I'll, I'll talk through, um, there's kind of uh, five big things that I think could drive IVF um, sure. in assisted reproductive market. The first, obviously, is what we typically think of infertility that affects about one in six couples right now, um, but very few couples are actually seeking care or can afford care. Um, the second is not necessarily infertility the way it's commonly thought of, of not getting pregnant at all, but habitual miscarriage that affects about 2% of the population. And those people could be great candidates for IVF and assisted reproductive to, for reproduction as well. The third that's less commonly talked about is um, preventing you from transmitting genetic um, diseases onto your offspring. So if you know you're a carrier for something, um, we can actually screen out a lot of those diseases like the really common breast cancer genes, for example. And about 6% of the population we estimate could benefit from being able to use um, genetic testing on their embryos to present, prevent themselves from passing on some of those really life-altering diseases. Uh, fourth, we have LGBTQ, the rise of um, same-sex couples, trans couples, and queer families, which um, many studies that I've seen estimate to be about 9% of the population is looking to build families in those alternative ways. So that could represent a huge uptick as um, companies like Sunfish make these services more affordable to people who want to build their families in alternative ways. And then lastly, a very small portion of the market would be um, oncofertility. So cancer survivors or people who are preserving uh, their biology um, in advance of cancer treatments so that they can actually have children afterwards. And so when you add that all up, um, we calculate the global potential market size from all of those different, those five different channels, those five different types of people could be over, um, well over a trillion dollars a year for this industry. Wow. <laughs> wow. So we have a long way to go. And yeah, I think um, the amount of services that we're offering right now is just minuscule compared to where I think the need really could be. And I really hope that Sunfish with our financial tools and financial advocates and financial planning can help pe more people find access to these really important resources to build their families. That's great. And what would help you guys if there's listeners who are like, hey, I need to connect an agency with them or who or what would be helpful to Sunfish? Oh, that's such a... Great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, we are always looking to add more providers. We also do want to make sure we serve each and every patient that comes to us like a VIP with a really white glove service. So we're pretty um, thoughtful about how and when we add new provider partners, providers being surrogacy agencies, pharm fertility pharmacies, IVF clinics. So we actually have a wait list right now of providers that are looking to onboard with us, and we're happy to add to that wait list, and we're slowly chipping away, but making sure that we retain a really high quality service for all of our patients, all of the customers that come through. Um, so that'd be one. And then second, I think really spreading the word. So you know this from being in this industry, fertility is pretty stigmatized to talk about, assisted reproduction is pretty stigmatized. 
and so is personal finance. So Sunfish sits yeah. in the intersection. In combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this combo of two things that are really awkward to talk about. And we really want to be a part of changing the dialogue um, and, and bringing these conversations more to the mainstream and norms. So I would say talk about it. Talk about the costs of building your family through assisted reproduction and how um, you got there and share real information about what those prices were. We're, we're a part of that dialogue and we'd love to be a part of yours. So tag us. Um, we're at Join Sunfish on all social media channels. Tag us or let us know if you want to share your story or be a part of that conversation, because I think it's just going to take a lot of real people talking about how hard this really is and and not being shy to share their story for us to be able to help more people and um, destigmatize this this whole process. <laughs> Such a great point. We did an interview recently where I looked at some statistics that they were showing that over 60% of those going through infertility do not feel comfortable sharing with friends and family. So I can only imagine the intersection of people who already don't feel comfortable talking about infertility and then who don't feel comfortable talking about money, which is, you know, most people as well. Which is most people. Yeah. Right. And you know, um, surrogacy, like you're both really experts in that arena. How, how have you seen that conversation changing in terms of kind of destigmatizing, discussing that process over the last few years? We do our part by talking nonstop. I was going to say, <laughs> but I everyone say, else, I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel really strongly about being really transparent. Like, and I, I mean, not tooting myself, you know, like the, I mean, but well, it's our own podcast, so I can do whatever I want. Um, but like, we are very careful about like putting everything out there about how much surrogacy costs and like making people think through all of those costs. And honestly, they don't even have to go with us that those resources are just out there for people to really start that conversation if they come and so like when people come to me like that i always get the most common like during the a consult question people are like what what should i ask you that i didn't ask you and if they didn't ask me about money i said you didn't ask me about money and how much this is going to cost and i said we need to talk about that you know so i we try to make people not afraid to ask that question and to be an open and safe space to talk about it i mean and you know, I'm one person or one, <laughs> one agency in that regard. But I mean, it's, that's the only way you can do it is to just open the conversation to destigmatize people being afraid. I mean, it's, it's like any of this infertility, right? You have to tell your own story also to destigmatize people being afraid of telling their story too. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're both doing incredible work to, to help um bring bring these conversations to light but i do think it's going to take time and i can't tell you how many times i've just felt so heartbroken sitting across from someone who's ready to start their family and wasn't aware of how much this is going to cost they just can't and then they're like wow i wish i had known this two or three years ago now i'm gonna have to delay you know we're ready to have kids and now we're gonna have to delay while we figure this out it's like if you were thinking of buying a house or any other major purchase you would kind of know earlier on how much you need to be saving and budgeting for that and i really hope that building a family and assisted reproduction gets to that same level of familiarity and comfort so that we can have more frank and helpful conversations with people about creating their financial plan 
setting things aside. Um, and for us, a lot of the times, what that looks like in reality is we'll help people just break their journey down into smaller phases so they can kind of yep. take yeah. one little bite-sized yep. piece on at a time. But That's what I, I always say. I'm really... like, you can create those embryos <laughs> and they can sit there as long as you need them to afterwards, but at least you've done that piece. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think as, um, as folks who are really passionate about helping people, I would certainly agree with you that the more we we all do to talk about it and talk about the cost the more we can be we can actually help people achieve their their family goals so tell us what you i mean as we kind of wrap up what's what do you what are your hope that the impact sunfish sunfish will have over the next five ten years and even like way into the future i mean our number one goal is to help people to afford building their families. And for us right now, our focus is on financial resources and financial planning for assisted reproduction, IVF, surrogacy, egg donors, egg freezing. But beyond that, we do really want to be part of the evolution to bring um, machine learning, AI, and holistic care to this process, really providing support that's very customized, that's very easy to access, I would love for people to check out our website. I think um, we're we're trying to do a lot to make this process easier and transparent. Um, and we have big ambitions for how we continue to do that and really be a partner alongside families to help them continue to financially plan and budget for having kids as their kids grow. So we're looking to be that partner for people throughout their child's life, starting at the point of conception with all things related to financial literacy and financial planning. Um, so I'm really excited. We've, we've gotten to help people in almost every state already since we launched last year. Um, and every single person that comes through the door is just such a joy to and an honor to be a part of their journey. And I look forward to continuing to grow so we can help more people um, and get to see more baby photos from the folks that we work with. So I would say baby photos are like crack, right? <laughs> what we do. The best part of the job. They are. Definitely they the best are. Part of the job. I also would love for someone to name their baby sunfish at some point, but I have not oh. had any takers on that yet. Oh, you got to throw wow. it out there. Put it in the world. We'll see. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh. Thank you so much for coming and talking about this amazing, I mean, that it sounds like kind of a one-stop shop in, of innovation with in so many different ways. We, it's it, exciting to learn and be able to spread the word to other people about it. Thank you so much for having me. I really admire the work that you're doing too. Um, and I think these conversations are absolutely critical to help transform and as we discussed destigmatize this process so i'm really happy to be a part of it and i look forward to continuing to collaborate and help more people together thanks to angela um, and to sunfish for all their efforts trying to find better solutions to help others and to help people move forward with with completing the families that they want absolutely absolutely um if you want to help us uh, maybe not complete our families, but just help us. Um, definitely don't forget, we still love when people go and rate us on iTunes or leave feedback there. Uh, also, you can give us a call on our hotline number, 303-997-1903. 
And for those of you, I know Ellen mentioned the merch last week, but for those of you who feel so inclined, we do still have merchandise available at our I Want to Put a Baby in You website. So please go check it out because it's it's ridiculous and it's fun and I still get stopped all the time when I wear my sperm wearing a headphone t-shirt. So <laughs> um, thank you to everyone on our team, to Amanda, to Tyler, to Melissa, and of course, thank you to you for being here and listening. Thank you.